Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Welcome back to the uh, Hawk and Crowder show. Hawk and Crowder were rushing out of Hollywood Kia to go to the holiday party for Odyssey at Funky Buddha. And they're still here. So part of me feels like they just wanted to stop doing the show halfway through. Appel, in for Hawk and Crowder. Solana's in the studio. Jimmy's in the studio as well. Crowder's been handing out his Crowder powder to everybody who walks by the table at Hollywood Kia. And I do feel, I do feel like everybody who is going to come here expecting to see Javon Holland, or at the very least, Hawk and Crowder, will be supremely disappointed when they find only me alone at this table with, with Hawk putting his arm around me. I was getting a tree in a second. Look at that. Love this guy. I mean, is he going to leave or is he going to not? I mean, what are we doing here? If you're going to stay, get, get, get back on the headset. He's got to go to a party. Well, uh, happy to be filling in for him. Uh, Solana, I was listening on the way in. I know you have some takes saved up from the Dolphins last night. <laughs> Jimmy, I'm sure you do as well. Um, but before we do that, big chance at redemption for me here because it's time for cat talk. Big game against the Kraken tonight on the West Coast in Seattle. Here we go. You ready for my redemption? All right, let's go. Give it a try, bro. Let's see what you got. Hockey fans, don't sit this one out. When it's game time, make Celsius a part of your play and get that energy up. Game day is fueled by Celsius Essential Energy Drinks, the official energy drink of the Florida Panthers. I've heard yeah. AI sound more natural. I mean, you, you sounded so robotic there, man. So robotic. Well, baby steps, because the last time I tried that, I couldn't even say the sentence completely. Yeah. So. Yeah. Good baby point. steps. Maybe the next time Hawk and Crowder have to leave in the middle of a show for a holiday party, I'll get it right. Is this, uh, is this actually a big game? Seriously, you, you called it a big game for the Panthers. I'm cool with making a regular season game in December a big game for the sake of the bit, so I'm all, all, I'm all in with you. But let's be real. They're riding a three-game win streak. They're, what, like seven games above 500. Is this really a big game against the Kraken on the West Coast? I mean, like Every, just, just well, because it's the Kraken, and it's why is this a big game, Appel? You don't want to take any teams lightly, Solana. Okay. Right. As you well know. Okay. So this but isn't I, I, actually a big game. It's just a game against the Kraken. Well, it's a desperate Kraken team. I think they've lost like eight or nine games in a row. And they're going on the road to start a West Coast road trip. Those are always tricky. You go here. You go Vancouver. You go Edmonton. You go Calgary. It's a tough road trip. So every game on this trip is big. And last year we <laughs> learned that banking points early is important. So when you have a chance to bury a team okay. that isn't as good as you, you get the two points. All right. All right, so it's not a big game. It, it, they, they're just playing the Kraken tonight. Yeah. Okay, correct. awesome. So that was Cat Talk. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear that game later on tonight right here on WQAM. Uh, Doug Plagans will, of course, have the call uh, as always. So, uh, Solana, do you want to get right into headlines here so we can dive into this uh Dolphins disaster from the last four minutes last night? Yeah, let's do it. I don't want to be a phony, right, because I did headlines the past two hours with Javon Holland on, and I didn't, I didn't crush the team. So I don't want to be a phony now that Javon's gone. 
I'm going to just start unleashing mayhem on Mike McDaniel or whatever. But truthfully, Hawk and Crowder didn't really give me a chance to uh, to speak my mind. So let's go, Appel. Let's let's dive right into it. These headlines are driven uh, by the new Palmetto Ford Truck Supercenter. Why buy your truck at a car store? Palmetto Ford. We know trucks. We did find out Connor Williams is going to be out for the season. Worst case scenario yesterday when he went down with that knee injury, was on the sideline in a brace, was that he'd be out for the rest of the season and that appears to have come to fruition. Mike McDaniel confirming it a few minutes ago. It felt like a fever dream the first quarter of that game, watching Xavier Howard go down, Raheem Mostert go down, Connor Williams go down, Tyree Kill go down, in what felt like consecutive plays in the first quarter. And I think we probably should have known <laughs> when that started happening. Thankfully, the rest of them came back besides Connor Williams, unfortunately. We kind of felt like, kind of seemed like we should have been we should have known what we were in for. Yeah, yeah. The first like eight minutes of the broadcast were just brutal. Carnage. It was just brutal. Um, and and Tyreek, by the way, is day to day with that ankle injury. But he said that uh, after the game last night that he's been dealing with ankle troubles all season, and that this is probably going to be something that will bother him the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, we we saw what this offense looks like without him for an extended period of time. And I've been someone who comes on here and says, well, there really isn't that much of a drop-off when Tyreek's not on the field. Tua tonga is still one of the more efficient quarterbacks in the league, even when Tyreek isn't out there. But that's like a play or two here and there over the course of games, and you add all that up, and, oh, look, the numbers are still great. But you see what it looks like when he's not there for an extended period of time over the course of one game, not just a play here and there. And... For just just his presence, his mere presence alone makes a difference. And you know, I, I always I, I'm always curious because when the Dolphins don't perform well offensively, it's because they're not getting good offensive line play. Last night they didn't get good offensive line play, and Tyreek was out. And I don't think it's any coincidence that their three worst graded offensive line performances were the three games that Connor Williams didn't finish, and they were all losses. And I think you can make the argument that he is one of the more important players on this team. And it's so funny to hear myself say that because I remember back in the day when they drafted Mike Pouncey in the first round. And I'm thinking, oh, a center in the first round? Like, what are we doing? It's a center. Connor Williams is one of the more important players on this team. And there is a drop-off. You know, you give credit to Liam Eikenberg for playing well at guard the last handful of weeks. But he's not a good when he's, when he's playing center. Just flatly, it's not. We saw the botched quarterback exchange. The snaps, uh, again, I don't know if anybody else is able to see it, but I brought it up before. It throws off the timing and the rhythm of this offense. There's a speed factor there on just the snap alone when they're in the shotgun. I know that's getting in kind of the minutia of it, but those things matter for an offense that's predicated on timing and precision. And um, I, I just it doesn't go well when uh, Liam is the center. And unfortunately, you know, when we talk about this team, this, I'm always the guy that comes on here as the eternal optimist. And I can always find something positive to take from a Dolphins loss. And I've been the apologist when I come on at Twin Peaks after losses. I'm always the apologist. Last night, there was nothing. I mean, Alec Ingold played well. That's the takeaway from last night. I mean, you can point to multiple catastrophic mistakes in all three phases of the game and on the coaching staff last night. Yeah. Across the board, it was terrible. Uh, Appel, because, you know, if you want to rank, like, blame, and there was a ton of blame to go around yesterday. You want to rank blame in order. 
it sounds to me like you're putting the offensive line injury to Connor Williams and in general offensive line play as number one. And I, like that to me doesn't make any sense because with all that being said, you had a 14-point lead with two minutes and 50 seconds left in the game. And as bad as the offensive line was and continued to be for that game due to injury, right? Mike McDaniel should have plays knowing his offensive line is in distress, should have plays for those situations. A closeout drive, you need one first down. You keep Tyreek Hill on the bench for two plays, two of the most important plays, the most important drive of the game. You keep him on the bench after you had him on the field to return a kickoff? Doesn't make any sense to me. Even if he's not going to be able to catch the pass, even if he's hurt, just have him as a decoy, the most dangerous player in the league. Have him as a decoy out there and it was a conservative-ass drive at the worst time for the least conservative coach in the NFL to be. And then third and short, you have a full two minutes to come up with a play on fourth down and on third down, and you don't convert. I mean, like, offensive line issue issues were huge last night at Pell. I don't even think it scratches the surface at what went wrong. I think coaching has to be at the top of the pecking order. Let me be clear. I'm, I'm not saying that the offensive line is the, the number one reason they lost. They were missing four of their five starters after the first quarter on the offensive line. So we can we, – my point was more that I'm not in the business here of ranking, well, who's the most to blame or who's the least to blame. I am. My point – I am. Uh, yeah. Great. I am. Well, I, it, I'm not going to disagree with you either because Mike McDaniel probably had his worst game as Dolphins head coach in his two years, and I don't think it's particularly close. I'm just saying – this was across the board, aside from Alec Ingold, across the board, a shambolic performance. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you this, the way that game ended is what they deserved. Not necessarily how they got there, because they were lucky, and then some, to be up by two touchdowns with four minutes to go. They were gifted the punt return fumble, and they were gifted the fumble on the bad pitch from Will Levis to Derrick Henry. That was a 13-13 game. They were down 13-10. They were down at halftime. They did not deserve to lose last night's game, or to win last night's game. The frustrating thing, of course, is that they were up 14 with four minutes to go. Nobody loses that game. 767-0 when leading by 14 or more with three minutes left. 767-0. Now 767-1. Even if the Titans, say the Titans go down, they get one touchdown on one of those final two drives okay whatever it was too easy it looked like what the Dolphins offense looks like big chunk plays quick scores it was like a fever dream again that final sequence but it was just a roundabout way unfortunately and demoralizingly it was a roundabout way to get to the result that honestly they deserved from the get-go from kickoff and it's the same thing that we've been talking about even when they win sometimes, when it's a, not a, hundred, a, a crisp performance. It's the self-inflicted crap with this team every single week, aside from Washington. They were really good against Washington. But, but it's self-inflicted stuff, starting on the very first drive with the fumbled snap, and then Tua compounds the error by trying to pick it up and throw it again, fall on it, and live to see another down. Okay, but I, I understand, like I saw yesterday – Everybody was just, like, torching the defense. Those last two drives, it was abysmal. There's no defending that, right? Like, the way that Will Levis, yeah. of all people, just chopped you up in the open field, there's no defending that. But the reason you 
were up 14 points and had a chance at winning that game, should have won the game, is because of your defense. Like, that, that, that's, what, uh, that's what, you know, really upset me about the, the final two drives was that the reason the Dolphins should have won that game was because of the defense. You had 10 points at halftime, not because of your offense. The offense never found its rhythm in that no. game, Appel, and it doesn't make any sense. That's why I'm so frustrated with McDaniel because, look, I, I, I had posted this yesterday on Twitter. He's responsible for the greatest Dolphin season that we've had, that we've, we've seen in our lifetimes, Appel. I'm speaking for us because we're the same age. Literally, this is the most exciting Dolphin season of my lifetime that I can remember. But he always talks about December football being the most important uh, month of the season. Goes back to last year, going into that San Francisco and L.A. game, he talks about December football, building character, and being the most important stretch of the season, and this is where champions are built. And he's been trash in December. They went 0-4 last year in December, and, and he's got one win in this month thus far versus Washington. Right, but I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying body of work <laughs> over his career. 0-4 yeah. last year and one win now over the Commanders. And it's it's like boneheaded decisions, not running the ball um, when clearly you should have been running the ball without Tyreek Hill. And then when Tyreek does come back into the game, you're throwing fade routes to a guy that's 5-9 when your offense and the passing game hadn't been clicking. So it's just like a lot of boneheaded decisions going back to last year in the most important month that, you know, I still think McDaniel, as much as we love him and as much as he's proven that he's a really, really, really good NFL head coach, he still has a lot to learn in these critical moments of games because the Dolphins, no matter how bad they played yesterday, they should have won that game. They should have. Of course. Absolutely yeah. should have won that game. And I think all that criticism is fair, and I think Mike McDaniel would say that that criticism is fair. The results are to the results. I think last year you could put a little asterisk on the, the four games in December where two only played the one against Green Bay, right? And that one we learned he ended up playing with a concussion right? in that game. So I, I think that you can kind of put an asterisk on last year. It, it's just it's so disappointing because of how it happened. Big picture, though, like we can be upset no doubt, and it's warranted for last night's game. But they're 9-4, and four, the two-seed in the AFC. They still have a clear chance at the one-seed. Granted, it's a lot more difficult now than it was had they won last night. They're still in the driver's seat for the division. Everything that they want is still in front of them. Now, the biggest concern, now that we you know, will talk with Adam Beasley in the next hour about this of Pro Football Network, but the biggest concern is health. You could talk about performance on the field, but if they are this banged up, guys, you know, Jalen Phillips on Black Friday, Connor Williams last night. We don't know if Javon Holland, our good friend, is going to play uh, this Sunday. We don't know if Deshaun Elliott will play this Sunday. We don't know if Robert Hunt or Teron Armstead or any of these guys are going to be healthy. And that's the name of the game when you get late into these, se late into these seasons, late into the playoffs. It's really just the luck of who's healthiest. And I'm not sure that this offensive line – and the injuries in general, I'm not sure that they can overcome that. Maybe they can win a game or two in the playoffs. But as far as getting to the Super Bowl and winning a Super Bowl, for me, the math has changed on that. And that's unfortunate because it's not – it's just luck of injuries. And people could say, oh, well, they, they signed a lot of guys and they have a lot of guys who are injury prone. Like, it doesn't matter how injury prone you are. Connor Williams got rolled up on on a hit from – like, that's a, a very unfortunate, very common injury for an offensive lineman. Unfortunate. Teron Armstead, we know he's been hurt a lot. Uh, Robert Hunt, 
Done deal with a lot of injuries. This is the first for him. Javon Holland, he's a warrior. He's out there every week. Like, I'm not buying into that narrative either. Generally speaking, I think this team will be fine because I think ultimately talent will win out to get to the end of the regular season. And thankfully, they have the Cowboys at home. Thankfully, they have the Bills at home. Obviously, Baltimore on the road will be tough. But I, I, I look at the AFC. Do you see a team that is flawless atop the AFC? Because I don't. There is no San Francisco of the AFC. There isn't. So I don't think that this is doom and gloom. The season is over. It might feel like it because of how catastrophic that loss felt. And it should feel that bad. But I don't think that the the world is ending here. Now, (laughs) screw around with the Jets on Sunday. There's a different conversation at Twin Peaks on Monday for us. That's how I feel, right? Where, like, you think last night was bad? Watch the Dolphins lose at home to the Jets, and it'll be 30 times worse. No matter how it happens, it'll be 30 times worse. Appel, let me finish up headlines really quickly because – I know we, we still have a lot to talk about regarding the Dolphins. We have game day uncensored in the next segment. So as he mentioned, Panthers versus the Kraken tonight, 10 p.m. You can hear the game right here on 560 WQAM. The broadcast tonight begins at 930. You've got Hurricane Hotline 6 to 8, 8 to 930. South Florida High School Sports Show with Larry Bluestein, 930 pregame with Doug Plagans right here on 560 WQAM. Justin Herbert is out for the rest of the season, by the way following surgery to repair his broken index finger. And I just saw that um, the Vikings are making a QB change. Nick Mullins is going to replace Joshua Dobbs as the starter Saturday. We're officially in Saturday NFL territory, Appel. How do you feel about that? NFL on Saturday. I love it and I hate it. I hate it because it means the season is almost – the regular season is almost over. And I don't like that. I don't like that. But I love it because you get you get to bet on Saturday. Let's go, I mean, baby. You get you get a Thursday game. You get a three Saturday yeah. games. You get your Sunday slate. You get your Monday slate. And what could be better? Give me NFL football every day, bro. Enough. I mean, we're getting enough with the Sunday. Give me football every <laughs> single day. I mean, we're getting into to bowl season. We're gonna have football every day. Every single day. Um, and the Heat, they did hold on versus the Hornets last night. 116 to 114, another team that can't hold on to a damn lead. They'll host Ooh. the Hornets tomorrow, uh, 7.30 p.m. What's from going on there? the Kaseya Center. I don't know, man. The Heat, I think they're deeper than they were last year, but they cannot hold on to a damn lead. They, it's, it's crazy. It is, it is insane the amount of leads that they've given up in the fourth quarter. Like, it, it's just absurd. I mean, the Hard Rock app is back. I've got two locks for you uh-huh. every night the Heat play. Jaime Jaquez Jr. over on points. Every time. Every time. And live bet with the points, whoever <laughs> the Heat are leading by double digits in the fourth quarter. Correct. Correct. 100%. We have Good. our uh, our Hard Rock Bet app feature coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Maybe we'll uh, work on a little something-something <laughs> in in about an hour. Uh, your weather from the Demesman and Dover Law Firm, youraccidentattorneys.com, free consultations 24-7. Call them, 866-954-MORE. Partly cloudy right now tonight. The lows will stick around in the mid-70s. Of course, Appel is out at Hollywood Kia, home of the no-dealer fee. That's why Hollywood Kia is number one. And it's also a Ticket Wizard Tuesday as well. All right. We're back in a moment from Hollywood Kia. Solana's in the studio. I'm out here with Tree. 
Uh, if you come to Hollywood Kia and you're looking for hot Crowder or Javon Holland, you will be <laughs> sorely disappointed. <laughs> Back with more Hawk and Crowder after this. We apologize. This is the Hawk and Crowder Show. You got to be physical with them tonight, right? If you're the Heat, just, you know. Go ma- at the ass. Yeah. Go right at the ass. Hawk and Crowder. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one. They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to Hawk and Crowder. Josh Appel, Solana. And for Hawk and Crowder from Hollywood Kia, Tree is also here with me at Hollywood Kia. Hawk Crowder, Javon Holland, we're on from 2 to 4. And now Hawk and Crowder are on the way to the holiday party. I hope this means that I get a nice holiday gift from the both of them that isn't Crowder's powder. The cooking uh, seasoning. Yeah. Should specify. Which powder? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, we were talking in the last segment. About last night's Dolphins game, of course. And what else are we going to talk about the day after one of the more catastrophic losses I think I've ever seen in my life by a Dolphins team? And there have been plenty. And I know this brings up a lot of nightmares and a lot of suppressed uh, negativity from Dolphins fans because it, when, once you finally felt that this team was different, that this team wasn't like all the other ones, uh, they're still the Dolphins at the end of the day. And they <laughs> that was... That was, uh, that was something uh, last night. And one of the things we didn't talk about in the first segment, of my first segment, I should say, uh, was Tua and his role in, in last night. And I want to preface this by saying I don't think that Tua was the main reason they lost. Again, I, I think that there were pl- there's plenty of blame to go around yesterday. And I'm not going to rank all them from first to fifth. I know that's Solana's deal. Hopefully he can put together a top five before (laughs) the end of the show. Uh, We didn't touch on other areas either. Like They had a blocked field goal. They had an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on the long snapper that led to a a short kick and giving the Titans the ball around midfield. Then after they went three and out on the two-minute possession after the first Titans touchdown in the fourth quarter, a line drive punt from Jake Bailey that led to a good return and good field position for the Titans. He had Bradley Chubb in the first half, whiff on a sack, and then instead of taking three more steps and throwing his helmet on the sideline, he throws it in the field of play, cost the Dolphins an extra four points. That, that there was, was so much to go around. Yeah. Appel, was that not the dumbest thing you've ever seen in your really, like you've been you're 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 an NFL broadcaster for I don't know how many years. Is that not the dumbest thing you've ever seen? from an NFL player, at least in a very long time, because he if he's three yards further from where he threw his damn helmet, it's not a penalty because he's on the sideline. What the hell? I, the second I saw him do it, I'm like, what are you doing? They're going to flag. Yeah. They're going to throw the flag. It was the easiest flag they could have thrown. It, it seemed like they got rattled pretty early last night, and I, I think it started with that, with the injury to Connor Williams and the fumble – I mean, that, that entire first half of the first quarter where guys were dropping with injury, and it just seemed like they couldn't get in that right headspace despite the fact that they were up by 14 with three and a half minutes to go. Uh, 
here's the bottom line about Tua. He needs to be better. The, he's averaging about a fumble a game. He didn't have any interceptions last night, so in that regard, he took care of the football. But the fumbles are becoming a problem for him. And he has had a fantastic season. And I think that he is worth the extension the Dolphins will eventually give him. However, just flat out, like, he has to be better than he was last night. I know Tyreek not being who Tyreek normally is when he was on the field and when he wasn't on the field for the majority of that game. But they've still got talent at receiver, man. Like, Waddle's a good player. Like, Braxton's a, a good slot receiver. They've still got Mostert and Achan. Like, there are guys on this offense that they should still be able to have success, especially, and I think the most, one of the more disconcerting things about the fact that they couldn't protect Tua last night was the fact that Jeffrey Simmons was not playing for the Titans. They had a ton of injuries on defense, too, and the Dolphins just couldn't take advantage of it. And I know a lot of the blame will go for Tua because that's just the, the nature of the quarterback position. But they were up 27-13 at the end of the game there, man. Like, get one stop. Even if you give up one of those garbage time touchdowns, get one more stop. And I'll ask Beasley about this when he joins us at 520. I was a little surprised that Vic Fangio didn't dial up some pressure there at the end of the game. They kept rushing for, and I, and I, I would Im- imagine that it was because they had both backup safeties in, and you don't want to leave the secondary even more vulnerable than they already are, missing who they were missing. But it was clear that when they got into Will Levis's face, he was obviously not the same guy, and he was able to stand back there and pick him apart, and then watching DeAndre Hopkins run across the field with nobody within 10 yards of him, it's, it's just frustrating because they're so much better than this than they were and they showed last night at the end. They, they really are. And, I, and while Tua deserves some of the blame, I think that we can put to rest any MVP talks that yeah. uh, were associated with Tua Tungavailoa, unfortunately. Yeah. He's still having a great year. And, and, and you know, it, it sucks that the one game that he could have had the opportunity to show that he's not having yeah. this type of season because of Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill goes out, it's on national TV, right? Like, it, yeah. it, it doesn't play into his favor that the one opportunity he had to show everybody, hey, look, it's not just Tyreek. I could do this without Tyreek because he's injured today. Everybody in the world is watching the game, unless you were watching Tommy Cutlets tear up the Green Bay Packers <laughs> last night. Um, but, Appel, every score the Dolphins had yesterday – came off of either a defensive touchdown in the first touchdown in the first quarter or a Titans mistake. The Dolphins didn't drive the ball down the field to score a touchdown once. Well, the problem is they they, they did drive down the field and got into the red zone three other times and and didn't score. And and that goes back to Mike McDaniel because they were running the ball at will against this Titans defense, and they got inside the 10, they got inside the 5, and we were throwing – fades on the goal line to Cedric Wilson on third and goal. I, I, I think Cedric Wilson's a nice player. What are we doing? It's mind-numbing. It's mind-numbing. And, and they get there later in the game in the same spot, and they're running off back-to-back possessions, and hey, look, they score a couple of touchdowns. Yeah. The thing, to what we think at the time, ice is the game. Um, it's This was as across the board of a poor performance, except for Al Kingold, as you'll see. <laughs> uh, but when it goes to Tua, pal, like, correct me if I'm wrong here. Offensive line is banged up. I get it, man. Your your best receiver's out. 
You're put in a tough situation. It's Monday night football. Like, all those things working against you, fine. Third and three. The play call is to throw an out to Devon Achan behind the line of scrimmage. Fine. That's McDaniel's play call, right? But I don't know, man. Pick up that damn first down. You know, as simple as that analysis is, and I know I sound like a gas bag right now, get the first down. Like, he, you, he, he, give yourself an opportunity to get the first down. And some of those boneheaded decisions or mistakes that killed the Dolphins last year were pre-snap penalties, delay of games. Like Happened had, again last night. We hadn't seen a lot of that this year, right? All that, for the most part, there was a, a, a couple of the instances against the Bills um, like we, we hadn't really seen it. it wasn't an issue I wouldn't call it an over no they, uh, they had they had corrected it this last season. night you you burned two timeouts before the eight minute mark in the fourth quarter of a tight game that you were down in because you have to avoid a delay a game getting out of the, the the huddle quickly two times like it bro it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make well, any they lost, sense they lost one of the timeouts the first one because he challenged the long pass right. to that's right. uh, Spears on the would-be fumble. And that wasn't a good challenge. I get taking the chance. But, I mean, the t- what's, more <laughs> what's more important there? <laughs> like, there's still plenty of time left in the game. You're going to need those timeouts. Of course. A- a- Appel, I think there- there's obviously the people who today are overreacting and saying, see, Tua showed you he's a bum. He's, never- he's a game manager. Like That's garbage. It's ridiculous. But there's also – you know, people that don't want to put any of the blame on Tua. Oh, the offensive line was terrible. Tyreek's out. I think there, there's a happy medium where he's had a phenomenal season. All those season. things are true. Correct. He's a, a, a phenomenal season. Uh, he, he's obviously elevated his game. He learned how to fall, even though he stopped doing jiu-jitsu, which I'm very upset about. Um, he's a master now. Yeah, uh, debatable. All those things are true, but also, hey, pick up a first down when you needed it yesterday. You needed to win that game. You had to avoid... That epic collapse yesterday, and while the offensive line is banged up and Liam Eikenberg is in front of you snapping the ball and he's snapping it into his gooch, while all those things are true, (laughs) you needed three downs to keep your team alive yesterday, and you had two opportunities to do it, and you were unable to do it. Make a play, bro. Make a play. I think the frustrating thing about the fourth down was that, like, there wasn't – he didn't even take a chance to – to give one of his guys a shot, it, it took the sack. Like I, I, I get trying to extend the play, and I get wanting to see a guy, you know, and see a window. But at that point, you've got nothing after that. You've got to at least take the chance and give your guys a shot to make a play. And, and I think even before that, it, like the the sense of urgency on that two minute drive was not there. And then you compound the fact that on that third down HN play, one official says clock stopped. So the, they're kind of slowly getting up and gingerly going back to the line. And then another guy sprints in from behind the play and says, no, 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 we're going to wind the clock. And that's another 20 seconds that went away. And uh, it just, everything that went wrong last night could go wrong. But I do want to say this. I do want to say this. And I kind of alluded to it in the last segment. Every team that's contending in the AFC has its flaws. And all of those teams have the one head-scratching loss this season. This is the Dolphins' first head-scratching loss. I think that if they they lose the game 16-13 and then the Titans drive down the field and they kick a game-winning field goal at the end and they just flat-out lose like they lose a game, okay, whatever. I think it's because not only did they lose, but the way in which they lost to that team 
with Will Levis, who may be good. I, I call this first game his first start against the Falcons, and he was phenomenal against a, a solid Falcons defense. But last night, they made him look like he was a bona fide top ten guy Crazy, in the fourth man. quarter. Crazy. And for a defense that had played so well over the last six, seven weeks, they crumbled at the end. And I think it's it's the manner in which they lost which is the most frustrating because, look, I think last night is a perfect example of why you never knock a team for beating the teams that they're supposed to beat, even if it's ugly. I mean, the Raider game, ugly, but they won. Uh, the Patriots game, ugly, but they won. You don't knock a team for banking the wins. That's why all those wins were important coming into this. I tell you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to do it right now. I tell you before the season, 9-4, and four, going into week 15, two-seed in the AFC, first place in the AFC East, a clear shot still to be the number one seed. You're like, all right, great. For sure. But it's, it's, it's the recency of last night and how it happened. I still think this team will be fine. I still think they're going to make the playoffs. Please beat the Jets. I still think they're going to make the playoffs. But it's the manner in which last night's loss took place, not the fact that they lost the game, in my opinion. Appel, if I told you the Dolphins are going to be on Monday Night Football they're going to have a 14-point lead with two minutes and 50 <laughs> seconds left and be the first team since 1976 to blow it. Eight months ago, you'd also say, yes, same old Dolphins. Same old yeah, Dolphins. for sure. So I, I don't blame people for having PTSD and going, uh-oh, here we go. Oh, no doubt. Here comes a December collapse. I don't blame people. I, I'm with you, though. I think this team is different. And hell yes, 100 out of 100 times, I'm taking 9-4 and four going into the final four games of the season with a chance to win the AFC. So, yes, 100%. But expectations shift. That's just no the doubt. reality. And yeah. when you play as well as you have, I think winning ugly games against bad teams can be just as important as blowing teams out 70 to 20 or beating good teams just like handedly, you know? Because at some point this season, the Dolphins, if they make it to the playoffs, which we expect them to, they're going to be in an ugly situation and they're going to have to find ways to win ugly. That's just the reality of the NFL. So even if it's against a Titans team that's kind of ass. It doesn't matter. You have to figure out ways to win those games. And last night was was scary, man. Because they, they found ways to lose it, no the, doubt. Right. The narrative that they can't beat good teams hasn't really bothered me because I don't buy into that. Like I think they're gonna get the opportunity now with two of those three at the end of the season at home. Yeah. But not being able to win ugly, they did it against the Ravens, excuse me, the Raiders. They they kinda got lucky against the Raiders, though, that Jalen Ramsey was just a monster. But, yeah, team, but, you don't, but you don't apologize for those wins. Of course you run not. Of you, course yeah, not. Yeah. yeah, nobody should. Um, but to me, it was more important to win that game last night in a way than it was to, you know, beat the Ravens on the road just because you have to win games like that in the playoffs at some point. I, I had an interesting thought last night after the game, and I was thinking about how many times this season the Dolphins have had to be in that situation with the ball driving down late, and that was only the second time. And both times, they failed. Yeah. The Kansas City game, the fumble. I mean, they, they put together a good start to that drive. They got to where they needed to go, and it looked like they'd have a shot, and they shot themselves in the foot. That's the shot. Last night, decent start of the drive. They got a first down. They're set up with, you know, third and three. You got two plays to get three yards. It's a, a chunk play offense. They do it with their eyes closed against a banged-up Titans defense. And they couldn't do it. And... I think that this can be a very good learning experience for this team being in that situation, not coming out on top. And I want them to remember this feeling. 
Because I remember this feeling, and I know all the fans remember this feeling. It does not feel good. And I imagine, in fact, I know for a fact that the players feel the same way. I mean, I've, I've <laughs> it's <sighs> deep breaths, everyone. Deep breaths. It's one loss on the schedule, and if they win Sunday against the Jets, it'll it'll soften the pain. But that's a big if. It will. It w- Zach Wilson without the reins. <laughs> that's still a good Jets defense. I mean, the banged up offensive line. Quinn and Williams coming in. <laughs> I, I've seen the Geno Smith perfect passer rating game when the Dolphins needed a win late in the season at home. I've seen that one before. Yeah, yeah. You can't lose to Zach Wilson, bro. You can't lose to Zach Wilson. Come on. There's no way. They'll be fine. They'll win Sunday. I hope. 14 points, Appel. <laughs> 14 points. Two minutes and 50 seconds left. And I, I was sitting there thinking, wow, 13 and a half was the spread? I'm going to need a little backdoor, backdoor cover. cover. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if you were savvy, and maybe you threw on minus four and a half and minus three and a half during the game. And, okay, they give up the first garbage time touchdown. You're still good with the minus four and a half. And a half. So we, we talk about Tua – and, again, like, I hate doing this because it sounds like we're taking away from his season. But Tua, MVP conversation, uh, doesn't seem – Over. It's, it's Dunzo, right? You're, you're with me? It's Dunzo? Yeah, but yeah, but that's not to say that, again, he's not been great this year because they're For not sure. in this spot without him. I, I'm just saying, last night, probably – even if the Dolphins end up winning yeah, the like, AFC, he, it, it, I, I just don't – I don't see him – overcoming that last night. I just don't. He he looked like just a guy last night. Yeah. Did- and I think that I, I don't buy into the criticism that people will say, well, everything has to be perfect around him. Everything has to be perfect for him to have success. It's the scheme. It's the talent around him. We've talked about that plenty of times on this show. That's every quarterback in the league. There's like two guys who can overcome what's going on around them. You take four of the five starters away from Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or any quarterback in this league – and they're going to look not the same as they do when they're all healthy, or even two of them are healthy. Like, it just, that's the reality of it. And they weren't able to overcome it last night, unfortunately. It's the NFL. There are pros on the other side, too. Crap happens. Unfortunately, this was really crappy. Does, uh, so with <laughs> the that, ultimate crap. With that being said, does that help Tyreek's chances at winning the MVP? Like, I think last night, the fact that he didn't play is going to hurt him getting to 2,000 yards, which is what I thought would be the only way he could win it. But if we're talking about most valuable player, Clearly, Tyreek out last night, you saw his value. Like, I, I wonder, really, you know, if, if that helps him in an MVP conversation. But I think Javon in the first hour of the show brought up a good point. We've also seen what the Dolphins offense looks like without Tua Tunga-Vailoa last year. Yeah. So we can – and Tyreek was playing. So we can say that Tyreek's the most important player, but the offense needs both of them, okay? They need both of them to have success. And – Maybe when it's you take one of them out, they don't look the same. And that's just the reality of both. And, yes, when Tua's in there, they need Tyreek. When Tyreek's in there and Tua's not, they need Tua. I mean, it's just that simple. And I don't we want to make this whole big thing about who's more important and who's this, who's that. Like, they put together this team to have both those guys on the field. Regardless of what you think, that's when they're at their best. So... To say one guy is more important than the other, okay, maybe Tyreek's more important and maybe he has the better case at MVP now. But they need both of them to be out there. Point blank, period. All right. 
Solana, is this helping you at all? Like talking through this? Not really, man. I got to be honest. <laughs> like it's. Uh, I feel like we're kind of all over the place. I, but I, I feel like that's capturing the, the the thoughts of everybody. I couldn't <laughs> believe it last night. I went through it last night because I had uh, radio circus doing Hawking Crowder. Then the Heat blowing a 14-point lead in the second half. Down to the wire. Terry Rozier almost shattered my dreams. And then I'm like, oh, driving home. I'm watching the Dolphins game. Oh, 14-point lead. Thank you, Tennessee. Thank you, Titans. I appreciate you. And then by the time, Appel, I'm leaving CVS across the street from my house last night on the way home from the station. I had to stop by and get something real quick. I'm watching the game on my phone the whole way home, which I know is probably not a good idea, but it was, it was midnight. No, nobody's on the road. From the time <laughs> that I left CVS <laughs> in my car, it's a 30-second drive across the street. The Dolphins had a 14-point lead. That By the time I parked in my parking lot, the Titans had the lead. I mean, it was it was like that. So, no, I'm, it's not helping talking through it. It's not. Truthfully, it's not. Last night sucked, man. Did you sleep okay? Because I didn't. No, I did not. I did not sleep okay. I did not. Well, Jimmy, I hope this is helping you. It, it didn't. I didn't sleep well either. Oh, great. Come here, Well, Jimmy. maybe if we'll, we do another hour. Yeah, come we'll, here, Jimmy. Come, let's hug it out in the commercial yeah. break, all right? All right. <laughs> maybe if we do another hour talking about this, we'll all feel better. Uh, 5 o'clock hour coming up in a few here on Hawk and Crowder. Hawk and Crowder are at Funky Buddha for the Odyssey uh, holiday party, whatever. So I'm here filling in by myself with Tree at Hollywood Kia. Solana and Jimmy are back at the studio. Back with more Hawk and Crowder after this. Unfortunately, this is the Hawk and Crowder show. Somebody says uh, via text, I do a terrible fake phone ring. Bring Hawk and Crowder. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.